Hello and welcome back to Getting Saucy. I'm here as always with the big man, big sauce Williams. How are you, big fella? Fantastic. You know, happy to be here on the pod. Another episode. Obviously, I have some stuff going on, but uh, really happy to be back. Well, you threw it threw it off the top there. You do have yeah. a little bit of stuff going on, and yeah. unfortunately, you're not on the park, and you won't be for the rest of the regular season. How are the knees? I actually feel pretty good right now. You know, I'm feeling good and starting the rehab process and starting to ramp things up. Obviously, it was a very, very, very um, minor procedure that we did in there to kind of clean it up and get everything going right so that I'm ready to go for next year. But, uh, no, feeling good. Exploratory meniscotomy. You can't say that 10 times in a row without stumbling over it. Yeah. Did they, what did they find? Uh, just that I had some stuff going on in there and that they were able to flush out. And, again, more of a cleanup procedure. Uh, I think that's the more common term that people can kind of get around is just going in there, cleaning up the stuff that's kind of maybe some bits that are floating around in there so that I can get my knees functioning in a uh, in a better capacity. Let's stay on you for a little bit longer, Sauce, and I know that that makes you a little bit uncomfortable, but let's talk a little yeah. bit about this injury that's keeping you off the park. And I guess the rehab that comes with it, you are in the full stages of rehab now trying to get that knee better. Yeah. Is it a lonely place? Uh, I mean, yeah. You know, you... You, you you can't do what you love to do. You can't do what you're brought here to do. And that's the most frustra- frustrating part about uh, stuff like this is when you make that decision uh, to, to go through with it and to get it cleaned up is you have the understanding that you're going to be gone for four to five weeks. And that was a really tough thing. Um, obviously, was very sad about the fact that I wasn't going to be out there with my guys. And then throughout the rehab process, it's a lot of time away from the team as well. And so um, something I've gone through before and obviously something I'm going through now, but uh, it'll, it'll make me stronger for the long haul. So I, I know it was the right decision. Is there a certain way of dealing with that? So you spoke about it and you're one of the strongest people we know at the Phoenix, mate. So we, um, we love you for that. But obviously in that rehab period, and you say it is a little bit of a lonely place, are there methods and I guess ways to, to deal with that? Because considering that the boys are on court and you're not, it, yeah. it, it can be a pretty dark place. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I got great support around me. Obviously, my wife is out here with me. I have my family in town um, in Australia. Obviously, they came out to see me play. So they were. I was a bit disappointed that I wasn't going to be able to play in front of them. But uh, no, have them around. And so surrounded by love and people that care about me and obviously an understanding of this is the right decision for myself and my future. And so uh, all that goes into play. And that's just something I really lean on and, and, and am happy that I have a chance to, to be able to have that support around me. We love to hear it, also. All the best in your recovery. The, the Phoenix family, thank both you, on you. the court and off the court, wish you nothing but the best. Now, let's talk a little bit about those Phoenix boys because yeah. since we last recorded, we've played a couple of games at the State Basketball Centre. And by G, <sighs> that game against the Sydney Kings, Man. no you, no Nader, no Brown, no wow. Kenyon, wow. no Moller. Yeah. No worries. No worries at all. Like, the guys really came together and played free and – I think a lot of it was the advantage that we have playing at State Basketball Center. Anytime we get into that gym and it's just it's more of a, a, a hostile vibe for the opponents, but definitely more intimate vibe for us and just around our, our really, really core, deep-rooted fans. And they came out in numbers and were loud as hell. Like just – I remember times where we're going on a run and I'm just looking up into the crowd and you just see kids screaming and parents screaming and everybody just going absolutely crazy. And we definitely fed off of that energy uh, and that Sydney Kings win. And it was just an amazing thing to be a part of. Obviously, wish I could have been there on the floor with the guys. But, uh, shit, it was amazing. Sorry. You've, um, you've played around the world. And yeah. You've played in a lot of stadiums. Yeah. A packed-out state basketball center. Are there many places louder than that place? 
to me, playing in State Basketball Center as a member of the Phoenix, getting a chance to experience that and feel it, it's one of my favorite places to play. Yep. Uh, again, it's that intimate feel that you have with our core group of fans. It's the fact that it's everybody's in that thing and it's packed all the way up to the roof. I think when you're shooting it, it feels great because there's not that long distance between the back of the backboard and, and the wall there. So it just feels more comfortable. And I mean, I, it's, it's one of my favorite places that I've ever played in my life, just from the fact of it feeling like like a home, home, home court advantage. So it's, it's awesome. You being at the State Basketball Center and being on the sidelines, some people look at it as a negative. Obviously, you're not on the court, and we'd love you to be there. But, geez, you are. We spoke to Anzac Rosetta on, on Getting Saucy a couple of weeks ago. We thought he was the hype man. Man, you give him a good run. Hey, look, I, I try to help the team out in any way possible. If it's not on the court, then I'm off the court trying to give guys reads and tell them what I see or trying to pump up the crowd so that we can get that energy going. But I think the thing I want to do in that moment is just let my team know that they're supported. Like, I may not be out there, but I'm here with you. And that's by either filling up a water bottle or folding a towel or or, or, or telling somebody something that I saw in uh, any way, like I said, that I can help. I'm, I'm trying to do that. And I'd be losing my voice most of the time by the end of the game or the end of the weekend. So it's, it's great. We've got a guest on today, and, and you'll be close to your heart being an NBA player, but we'll bring him in a little bit later. Yeah. I do want to stick on that because you said you, you, you speak to your, your teammates. Mm-hmm. Could we see a coach, Sauce Williams, a little later? I mean, the way that you are with Gorjok and, and Anzac, and I think anyone who watches on the sidelines will say the same thing. You've got some tips, and, you, and you're, not hide, you're not hiding away from the fact that you're willing to kind of speak to the younger boys and give them some advice. Could we, could we see a coach, Sauce, in the future? Yeah, I wouldn't put it, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't put it away. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't do it. Um, I don't know. I haven't really thought too much into it. I think... The passion and the way that I go about communicating and speaking is just coming from a natural place, and it's something that I just want to be able to help and provide that little tips for my guys. But um, no, I just – I don't know. It would be fun. It would also be a lot of stress too, and I think that when I'm done playing basketball, I kind of want to lose a little bit of that stress because it's a very high-stress uh, profession, but uh, you never know. I don't think there'll be much coaching on that private island of yours, Sauce, <laughs> when you're kicking back, sinking the Mai Tais with uh, Cassidy. Hey, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with our special guest right after this. Hey, I'm Nick Kyrgios. The tennis season is over and it's all about basketball now. The Phoenix have two home games remaining at the fire pit and they are selling out quick. Head to Ticketek and secure your seat now. We just come back from the break and we did mm-hmm. allude to the fact of us having a guest today. Superstar. 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 Absolutely. Not many people get to play that many games in the NBA. NBA pedigree. Unbelievable. Yeah. Now, we're lucky enough to have him at the South East Melbourne Phoenix. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Getting Saucy, Abdul Nader. Yes, hey, guys. Yes, Thank you. Welcome, Wait, brother. How are you finding Melbourne, my man? Uh, I love the city's great, man. It's amazing. Beautiful city. I love the way it's built, um, playing of food and stuff to do, so I'm enjoying it. Would you call yourself a foodie? Like, I feel like in our conversations, you are a foodie. Like, you yeah. seek out good food. I mean, uh, we talked about this on the way up. I'm not a drinker. I don't go to bars and stuff. Yeah. So, like, basically, primarily, my life revolves around food outside of basketball. <laughs> yeah. Just finding different spots to eat, trying different spots. What's your favorite spot so far? Uh, man, I, we talked about the other day, yeah. Sauce. I found this dessert spot called oh. Luca Mades mm. uh, or Luku Mades. Ah, great, great dessert, Luca Mades. I don't know if little, you if you guys have been there, yeah. but man, I've been going there consistently. <laughs> it's been, and I'm not even a big sugar guy, but that. Um, and I found a couple like you got a bunch of nice Italian spots yeah. here. Um, 
Chinatown restaurants. Got it. I barely even know the name of them. I'm just like yeah. walking into for them, sure. trying them. That's so. that's a true foodie right yeah. there. 100%. Just going to the, where the locals go. That's, that's, that's a mean. true Malbertian. He's Man, going to look facts. for his spots. Wait. And, it's, and it's all different kinds of cuisine, too. That's the one thing Melbourne has to offer. It's, just, it's such a diverse place. And especially like, what is it? Gastronically? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, it's, we'll, it's we'll go with unique. it. We'll go with it. Yeah, it's very <laughs> hey, we could very easily turn this into a food podcast, but the reason we're here is because you're both absolute pedigree ballers and and Dooley. Now you spent a little bit of time in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little <clears> bit about that. Obviously, was it always a dream of yours to to play in the pros? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, ever since I came to America, at like ten years old, um, I started picking up a basketball. That's how I made friends. Um, learn how to speak English, and um, I really just fell in love with the game. And since then, I, all I could ever think about was playing in the NBA. Now, before obviously the, the arrival in America, you came from Egypt. What was life like growing up in in Egypt for those of us who really wouldn't understand it? Well, back then it was a very different country. Um, we we were under a dictator for thirty years of Hosni Mubarak. Uh, it, it's still it was it's a beautiful place today. It was a beautiful place then. Yeah. Great people, mm-hmm. great huge amounts of culture and history yeah. um, growing up and learning about that stuff. But coming, leaving there, and great weather, um, great food as well. <laughs> um, leaving there and coming to America was a ve- very big culture shock. Well. And uh, I learned a lot from the experience. Um, helped me come out of my shell. And like I said, it, it introduced me to the game of basketball. What 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 drew you to hoop? Like, what was it? Aside from something else, like what, what, where you came to, what, what made you want to? Well, we grew up in similar eras. You know how it was. Like you go outside, um, you you live in a big city. For me, I was in Chicago. I know you were in Phoenix, Mm -hmm. but very similar. Like you go outside and what's everybody doing? Hooping. Playing basketball. Yeah. I know it might be a little bit different today with the kids, but back then it was just playground, playground, play basketball, play basketball. And that's how I made my friends. That's how I learned how to speak English for real. Obviously through school as well, but. Yeah, that was huge for me. Yeah, so go ahead. When, when's the first time you knew you were good at hoops? Is there <laughs> is there a time? I wasn't really good till I was like 15, 16 years old. Yeah, so you, you had like uh, that awkward young phase. Oh where yeah, you're just because I was like five, seven, five, eight, going into high school, mm. and that. I hit like a growth spur, I guess you'd call it, when I was going into my sophomore year. I went from like five nine to like six five. Wow! 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 And. <laughs> I was always playing like the guard position. Um, I was very, I was always very athletic. My mom got me into, I told Sauce this the other day. My mom put me into tumbling when I first got to the United What's States. That, like gymnastics or something? Yeah, yeah. Where like flipping and yeah. jumping and so backflips and <laughs> back handsprings. And... Why, why, why did she put you in this? She thought it would help me make friends. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to moms, man. Hey, well done, mom. Excellent. Because you got an athlete. Yeah. He, can, he can get up. The, the boys got hot, I'll tell you that up. much. Yeah, so, so you, you, you hit that, I guess, that, that college era. And, and did you know you? You were kind of yeah one of the better players when i <clears throat> when i was like 16 i was a junior in high school and they they ranked me as the i think number third best player in the state behind anthony davis mm-hmm. and wayne blackshear i don't know if you guys yeah, remember that name yeah um and that's when it hit me i was like whoa people think i'm good yeah. so i must be decent <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure um and uh, we ended up we were a game away from going to the final four. Um, and I had, and then from the rest of the time on, I had a pretty good high school career. So then I started realizing, 
hey, there's actually a future in here for me. It was, it's not just like really a dream anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm being recognized with guys that are talked about going to the NBA, you know. <clears throat> so that's when I really figured Yeah, well, like talk about that. Like let's fast forward. Obviously, great collegiate career. Don't want to, to minus that. But like talk about that first time that you get onto the NBA floor and your dream finally becomes a reality. You know what I'm saying? Like, what was that like? Coming from where you came from, tra traveling from Egypt and, and moving to a new country at 10 years old, playing a sport that you didn't necessarily grow up playing, like, what was it like? I don't think it really hit me till after my rookie year. Mm. Um, when, you, when you first get in, the, the lights, everything's just so different. Yeah. And, you, you know, I was playing at Iowa State, big college, sat like 16,000 people every night. Nothing like playing TD Garden. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's it's the atmosphere is one of a kind. Yeah. Uh, like the history of the Boston Celtics. Yeah, you walk in the floor. Yeah, the parquet. You walk in the first day of training camp and you look up at the banners and you're yeah. like, man, it's a lot of championships. Yeah. It's a, it's a high level basketball being played. And I walked in um, to practicing with Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, <laughs> Jason Tatum, uh, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford. Yeah. Those were the vets. You know, Marcus Smart. Terry Rozier, yeah. we, we were loaded, yeah. and it was Shane Larkin, who's yeah. having a great yeah. career over in Europe right yeah. now. Um, and, it, you know, it didn't really hit me till the end of that year because the year went by so fast. Yeah. You know, uh, I played, like, the first 10 games then didn't play for, like, 40 games <laughs> and was in the G League up and down and then played. And then there was a bunch of injuries, played for, like, 20, 30 mm -hmm. games and then didn't play in the – then I play a little bit in the playoffs, yeah. and it, it's just, it was just like that up and down season. Yeah. So um, it, it really hit me after. I was like, man, I work hard, but I got to work way harder. Yeah. Yeah. Like way harder. Yeah. And even Brad Stevens would tell people how hard I was working. And I was like, man, I got to even work harder than yeah. that. Yeah. Because what I'm, what I'm trying to be and where I'm at, like it didn't really matter how good I thought I was. For sure. It's like you gotta be perfect every night, like yeah, perfect. The regiment, like right, like yeah. you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta perfect. I can't your make craft, the mistakes sure. that everybody else is for making. For sure, for sure. Because there's just no room for error. Yeah. For where I'm, where I'm starting at the bottom of the totem pole here, right? That's so crazy to like to think that and like to have to grind through that, especially at the. I mean, you're still pretty, still really, young, really, 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 relatively young. I was, I was 21. Yeah, bro. Yeah, like that's that's tough. It's quick to grow up. It's a lot I think, of pressure at, at, at 21. So you, you you talk about that that rookie year, and I think it might be the next year, or potentially the year after. You, you play 65 games for yeah. is it Boston? Okay, so okay, you play. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about making the move from Boston to OKC, and then what was the change? What was the market change that made you go from? Maybe playing a handful of games in year one to 65 in, yeah. you know, I think it's been year a three. real rotation yeah. player in the NBA, yeah. Well, <clears throat> it was, like I said, Boston was loaded and we were good. Like we went to the Eastern Conference Finals and almost beat LeBron and the Cavaliers mm -hmm. that year. The thing that, I think the thing, well, first of all, Boston waved me at the end of the year. So I, I thought, like, well, I'm about to be in Europe, yeah. I'm about to be yeah. doing all this stuff. Like, I don't know what's like. I didn't, I didn't know anyone really had interest in me outside of Boston because Boston had drafted me, preserved my rights for a year, and did the whole shebang. And um, that that was a team that I thought had utmost interest in me. So they were bringing in a bunch of other. I don't know if you guys remember Boston at this time, but they had so many draft picks. Yeah. And they were bringing in Loaded guys left yeah, and right. For sure. So 
they were like, well, you didn't have the rookie season we anticipated you would have, even though I barely got any opportunity. But this is, you know how it is. This yeah. is the way it goes. So I ended up getting waived early June. And my a, I'm talking back and forth with my agent, and he is basically telling me, like, well, we got to see. We got some interest from some teams. Let's see if anyone picks up your waivers. Surely a day and a half go by, OKC calls. And they're like, hey, man, you came in for a couple workouts this summer, for your, or previous summer for yeah. your pre-draft. Pre we, we loved you. Um, how about you? How about would you? we want to pick up your waiver? Yeah. I'm just like, come on. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> I don't yeah. think you say no. Yeah, you right? want Never say no. It's, it's 30 teams in that thing. Be one of them yeah. works. So, and I knew at the time they had a great player, an MVP in Russell Westbrook. Mm -hmm. They had just signed Paul George. They had got, um, made some big changes. Yeah. So I was like, all right, it's another powerhouse team, but they weren't as loaded from head to toe. Got it. With like superstar yeah. talent. Yeah. So I was like, man, I could fit in. I could yeah. become a role guy here yeah. and build my resume. And yeah. I think that's kind of what happened. Yeah. Right? Um, I, I, I was as close to perfect as I think I could be. Yeah, yeah. Um, I shot I shot the shit out the ball that year, and I played well um, in all aspects, and I earned myself a certain yes. kind of reputation. Yeah, that that's, that's unreal, incredible, that's so good, incredible. I, you, you talked about some big names, and sources talked about. I think we, that clip of you talking about Giannis blew up about yeah. trying to defend him. It's impossible. Who was the best player you played against in your NBA career, and who's the best player you played with as well? <clears throat> That's such a hard question to answer. Like to you though, like not like not like yeah. in the rankings. Like yeah. to what you saw on a daily, to what you played against, like that personal experience. Like who were those guys for you? For context, Source talked very early on in, in getting saucy about Giannis and how the team scouted yeah. and scouted and scouted yeah. and all five guys Went played crazy. on Giannis and he still blew through them. Yeah. So yeah. it's just little things like that. Yeah. Is is there a memory of yours? Talent wise, the most talented guy I think I ever played with was Kyrie Irving. Yeah. yeah. Why? <laughs> When he's going, he's the best player in the NBA. That's just my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just there, his ability to like just control pace, the way he sees it. Nobody, nobody can stay in front of him. Yeah. He's high level, high IQ guy. Um, plays with passion. Yeah. And he's just he's just unguardable, man. Yeah. Like you could just yeah. you try your best, and especially when he's going, like that's crazy. Trivia question for the both of you: Where was Kyrie Irving born? Australia. Of Where? course, Australia. Uh, well, Perth? Melbourne. That Melbourne? is correct. He was, he's a Melbourne oh, boy. Melbourne, so. Melbourne people are going to hate me for saying that. <laughs> don't no, you yeah. dare. No, we'll cut no, that no, out. We're cutting that. <laughs> hey, well, um, well, it's going to be nice having Kyrie join the South Australian yeah, right? yeah. in the two of you soon. But what about the best player you played? Uh, was it, sorry, Kyrie was against or, or with? With. With. And what about against? Um, like, toughest guard. Like, who did you have to, who did you have to, who was the hardest person for you to guard? Because you're getting that matchup, Probably. you know what I'm saying? You're long, athletic. Oh, like, yeah, you're yeah. The, you're the, yeah, I was, especially when I was in Phoenix, guys. I was guarding the best players. Um, either LeBron mm. or Kawhi Leonard. Oof. Yeah, right. Tough. And well, is this strength or what is it? Strength, speed. Yeah, everything. <laughs> their ability to get to their spots yeah. and know exactly what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, LeBron's just by far one of the most intelligent basketball players I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Like, even defending him, you could see, like, him, like, seeing the game, yeah. thinking, you're like, what is he about? <laughs> like, scanning it as he has the ball in his hands or he's doing this. By the time you worked out what he's about to die, he's already done it Back, 10 so minutes crazy. ago. Um, also, I, I want to give credit to Paul George, too, like, uh -huh. and, and, and Russell Westbrook. Like, playing with them, they were just, especially in that time when I was playing with Russ, he yeah. was just. MVP Russ. 
he was that unbelievable. Dude, that dude. And Paul George was in the was, was, was about in, to be MVP if he didn't get hurt. Yeah, that he year. was in the conversation yeah. for sure. He How, was unreal. And I heard Russ is like teammate of the year, like an incredible team. Yeah, just yeah. Good Anytime dude, I hear anything negative about Russ, I'm like, that's insane. Yeah. Like, it's just like he's an amazing. He's an upsetting. Do it off the court and yeah. on the court. That's, a, that's, that's awesome. what you want. That's, that's what, you, what want. you want. Yeah, yeah. He, he sounds like a Phoenix man For as well. Sure. He's a good guy. We get Russell Westbrook over just here. Just WhatsApp Dooley. <laughs> just you know, if you can WhatsApp Westbrook there. Hey, we'll, we'll finish up on on one question here about the NBA, and then we'll move on to a, a little bit more current stuff. But. Five playoff runs in a row for you. Um, was a Boston, uh, OKC, okay, and then obviously with Phoenix as well. And Phoenix, you almost went all the way there. What was that experience like being with Devin Booker in that team and almost... Oh, I forgot to talk about Dev and Chris. Yeah. Shit. But yeah, yeah, I just played with a lot of good players, so did, I got to give them all credit. I was speaking to Source before we started recording. Did you play in the game that Devin Booker scored 70 points at the Garden? No. Oh, okay. No, no. Uh, he was, that was against us. No, it was uh, against him. Yeah, yeah, did you, did you play? No, I didn't get uh, in. No, you weren't in. No. Yeah. yeah, but she was on the bench. He yeah, saw it. Yeah, the world saw that one. Saw it. You were on that team, weren't you? He's, he's loving up. Nine <laughs> points and fifteen rebounds. Don't don't forget it. <laughs> There's no seventy. Hey, no seventy. <laughs> There's no seventy without source. Hey, um, that that Phoenix run, that that finals run. Is there a story or a memory that stands out for you in those couple of weeks? The one thing I I vividly really remember was everybody's excitement. Yeah. Like, I think we were such a young team outside of Chris Paul at the time. And nobody had been there before. And we just kept achieving. Yeah. It was like, and we, just, and we all were doing the right things yeah. at the right time. Yeah. And it like clicked. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was really crazy. And then like Mikel came into his own, like Cam came into his own. I was coming into my own. Like a lot of people were playing um, really good basketball that whole season. And campaign, um, and I think that was that was the thing that stuck out to me. It just felt like the puzzle pieces were going together, and I really thought we were going to win that championship. Yeah, me too, bro. We were up in that series, yeah. and it's crazy, man. Shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks because they did yeah. not give up and they yeah. kept fighting. But um, yeah. I really thought we were going to win that series, and I, the one thing I can remember is after we beat uh, the Clippers. Coming back to Phoenix and that parade that they just had waiting for us, that was one of the best feelings. When, that the, was like, when the Phoenix Suns are good, there's no better place mm-hmm. to meet to be than in Phoenix because it's just like there's an energy and a buzz. And there was an energy and a buzz around that city. I'd come back from Russia, and I got a chance to go to a couple of those playoff games yeah. and actually see and feel the energy. It was, it was insane. Like everywhere you went, everybody was cheering for the Suns. And like like you said, you guys were right freaking there, man. It was. That's insane. So close. So, so close. And I think the the wildest thing for me is that you've come back from Russia. Yeah. You're watching an Egyptian-American play for Phoenix. And then the two of you are now playing at the Southeast Bowl with Phoenix. If that doesn't show you how worldly basketball is, I don't know what would. Now, boys, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with a little more current stuff about Dooley's return to basketball after this. Hey, I'm John Wall. For the best corporate hospitality experience in the league, Inquire about Phoenix Platinum and Courtside Packages today. They're selling quick, so get in touch now. We're back on Getting Saucy. We're <coughs> here. Uh, look, the two big men of the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, the NBA pedigree, unbelievable. Source Williams and Abdul Nader. He's been beautiful with his time. We're going to talk a little bit about his current situation, Source. Now, you're going through an injury now, and yeah. we spoke about that off the top, but. Abdul had a little bit of an injury as well. Now, it was a cartilage replacement with the Phoenix Suns. What was it 
did you did you know that it was a big injury when you did it? Um, not initially. Um, that year we went to the finals and did the run. I had got hurt. I missed like eight weeks, and I came back, played, but I didn't realize how bad it was till the following year when I came back. I think I played about like thirty games, and um, it just my knee was swelling up like a softball, and it was very discomforting and a lot of pain. So well, I went back to see my doctor afterwards, and he told me basically, suggested basically I get the Carlos transplant because he doesn't see it getting any better. I had like complete degeneration of my lateral kneecap, mm. which for people that don't know what that means, I basically was completely bone on bone, just rubbing. Shearing, yeah. And so we made the decision to have the Carlos transplant. And for people that don't know what that is, Lonzo Ball is going through that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to him, and I hope everything is going well for him. But uh, it was it was a, it was a battle. For there was times I, people were telling me I was never gonna play again. There was times that I mean, people I'm not just saying like random people in the street, like doctors. Yeah. Um, I got even myself. Like you know how it is, soft knee injuries and stuff. You start questioning like, am I ever gonna be able to do this again? Yeah. And you know, even now there's good days and there's bad days. For sure. So. It's just about staying positive, and I was able to work and keep working. It was a long two years. I went through a lot of um, changes mentally, physically, from the people I was hanging around yeah. to the way I was, like, living my life in general. Like, mm-hmm. everybody asked me, like, why don't you drink? Why don't you drink coffee? Why don't you – like, I'm complete, like, as much anti-inflammatory yeah. <laughs> as well, I can yeah, be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I really sacrificed a lot. Um, from mental, physical, financial, yeah. in order to be here today. Yeah. And so, like, then, 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 talk to us about it. Like, you're back with the Phoenix, an opportunity to play professional basketball again, mm-hmm. and you get on the court and you're back after two years. Like, what was that like? It still doesn't even feel real. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes, and then like, and then you hurt your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you're just like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Um, so. It, I remember the first game when we were in Illawarra, mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I was so amped. Yeah. Like, so amped. I felt like I drank, like, 12 Red Bulls. <laughs> and he doesn't drink coffee. No, yeah. no coffee. And I think if you, if you needed any proof that his knee was okay, in that game, I think he jumped above the rim. Bro. And I think it was like, yep, yeah, all bets are off. This Bro. guy is a superstar. I mean, I, freaking, I go back to the Tazzy dunk on Christmas Day oh. at the end of the game, and yeah. he's just up in the air and just yamming, like – did you obviously you questioned it, but like, did that give you your confidence back? Like, did that give you a lot of a little bit of it back at least to know yeah. that like, okay, I can still do this at a at a really high level? Yeah, I think for me, you know, I'm still even today. Like, people ask me that all the time, and it's really yeah. As far as my knee, yeah, you know, I think the hardest part has been it's a different game here. Yeah. yeah. You know, and adjusting to the style, adjusting yeah. to the ball, adjusting yeah. to the referee. Yeah. Um, I don't think people really understand the difference yeah. uh, in in the game of basketball that I've been playing for my whole life, and then sure. coming here and it's a, it's it's a, it's a different ball game. So I think people think that like it's it's gonna be so easy for you. It's like oh, you're an NBA player, you played at the highest level, yada yada yada. You should be able to just pack it up, go to a different league, different country, different set of rules, and just be totally fine. When it does take a little bit of an adjustment, yeah. right? And then it's like when you feel like you're adjusting, then you have a bad day or yeah. it's like the hand yeah. or whatever. So I think that has been the most struggle. It's like 
staying consistently overall healthy yeah. and and finding joy in like struggling a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the grind. Like it's, it's, it's right, it's never gonna be perfect Facts. no matter what it is. And, you know, it's really easy to forget after being out for two years. Yeah. Like I have days now where I'm like, man, why, like, why is it just not clicking? Like what's, what's going on? Like, and I realized like, Man, it it didn't click when like that when I was in the NBA either. Yeah, it was time. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. In your best of times, you have bad days. Yeah. Like that's the thing, and I, I just think it, it kind of just goes back to just being grateful and, and blessed, and to understand that like we get to do this for a living. Like we get to hoop and get paid to hoop when everybody goes to the local gym and is getting shots up. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. this, it's it's our job, yes, and it comes with a lot of stress, but. It's it's so much damn fun when you get a chance to do it and you're feeling good. Like on your good days, I know it's like that's the best feeling. Yeah, it feels good. And even now, like you learn how to love the, the not so good days. Yeah. Where even if you're in a little pain or things aren't moving the way you think yeah. they should be moving, you know, I've so I've kind of learned to not get frustrated yeah. with it and just try to correct the things you can correct. Yeah, give yourself that grace. Final one on this one. Uh, in five years' time, Dooley, uh, are we just appreciative of? I guess the career that, that that happened and that you are still able to hoop, or do you still have those really lofty goals for for yourself? You're only you're 30 now, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. So you still got a little bit of life left in the tank in in, in terms of basketball. Yeah. Well, are there goals in the next little bit? You know, even when I was in the NBA, I was never really a goal setter. Yeah. I just I think how do I say this in a way I don't sound like an idiot? <laughs> no, it's just like taking it day by day and like just yeah. seeing as it goes. Like it's, yeah. You know, I think um, when you, when I was really young, I was like, I got to be in the NBA by yeah, this age yeah, yeah. and then I got to become an all-star by this age yeah, and I got to yeah, do this yeah. and this. And it feels like you're reaching all those goals and then you get hurt, right? Yeah. So it's like you can't control these things sure. that are going to happen to For you sure. in any aspect of your life, right? Like, We've all dated a girl at some point, and we thought we were going to marry her, and yeah. then it doesn't, it doesn't work out, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. That's a good way of putting it. And uh, so the way I look at it is exactly what you said, right? Like, just take it day by day yeah. and enjoy it. Like, sure. live your life, yeah. right? Yeah. I think we get, all get caught up in our goals so much, which is great to have goals. Sure. Like, I'm not saying, like, I don't have, but I don't. I just don't make them very specific. Yeah, it's very. It's a, It's it's like a directional path. It's like we're just gonna walk this way. Yeah. I don't know what I'm gonna see down there. I don't know who I'm gonna meet down there. I don't know where I'm gonna play down there. But I'm just gonna keep walking this way. And if you're living the right way and doing what you love to do, you're gonna get something good out of it. Like my, like for example, my doctor's like, oh, your goal should be back to be back by like eight months when I first got my surgery. I'm at eight months and I'm like. This ain't working. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's going on? The eight month starts now, yeah, right? right? And then I'm like, throw out the goal. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna take it day by day, do as much work, and yeah. and trust me, I did a lot of freaking work. Um, so you have to like, a lot of people think like, oh, maybe I'm not working hard enough. Not, now you gotta see, I trust it, man. Yeah. Like if you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing on a daily basis, yeah. don't set any time frame for yourself because you you just don't know. Yeah. It's a great advice, awesome. I think, for, for any basketball players. We'll finish off with a couple of quick questions from the crowd, Dooley, and you're very popular across the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix Instagram page. A couple of quick answers from you. Favorite memory from the NBA? Favorite memory, probably going to the finals. Yep. And playing yep. in the finals is once-in-a-lifetime atmosphere and opportunity. You've, uh, you've got a fair few tattoos on that arm. Yep. Is there one that means the most, or is there a favorite? Uh... 
My favorite. My favorite is either the Tree of Life, my BB-8, or my Brahmin tattoo. So I don't know if you guys Wars know. Fan. Yeah, I am a Star Wars fan. And I got a Dragon Ball Z one, yeah, too. You got tattoos? No tats. No, no tats. tats. Clean skin. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've got one, but I'm uh, afraid of needles, so I, <laughs> I will not be getting any more. Now, Dooley, last question for you before we let you go, and you've been incredible with your time and your insight. So amazing. They write two sentences about Abdul Nader, the player, in ten years' time. What do you think they'll be? Oof, that's a tough question. Um, While Dooley thinks, Sauce, that that one's for you as well. They write two sentences about Alan Williams, the basketball player. What do you think they'd write? I hope it's a great teammate. Like, I know that sounds like cheesy and corny to say, but like I just I wanted to leave that impact with the people that I play with and my peers and just that level of respect that like, oh, he's out there for us type thing. That's awesome. Dilly? I think that's 100% accurate with you. I'm not going to lie. You're one of the best teammates I've had yet. I've only been here for like <laughs> five weeks, baby. No. <laughs> um, for me, I would think just, I'm going to say it's a little selfishly, incredible basketball player yeah. and a humble teammate. Love that. Awesome. And we, we've seen that absolutely in the Big green time. and the black of in the Southeast yeah. Phoenix. Dooley, you're a star, mate. We hope to see the best of you to come. Uh, well done on the return. Sauce, I think he was incredible on the basketball port, even better Man. on getting saucy podcast. Man, <laughs> could be a, a recurring guest. For sure. We'll have him anytime. As uh, as with you, Sauce, you were incredible. Duly amazing. I've been okay. You're all right. Make sure you keep in touch with all of the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix socials and with uh, schools just around the corner. Phoenix saw the program is happening. Sauce is included in that as well. You can see that on scmphoenix.com.au forward slash community for all of your information. We'll be back next week on Getting Saucy. Sauce, we'll see you then. Saucy. Cool.